0: Hello, affiliated listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have an amazing interview with Paul Counts. and Why you should listen is if you've been struggling, maybe with your your paid traffic efforts, you feel like you're not getting the ROI that you expected, or maybe you feel like, hey, I'm this guy that can't do anything with certain traffic channels outside of paid media, Paul's going to tell you exactly why that's not the case. And the secret word is one that you might hear in your grocery stores, but not necessarily when you're talking about marketing and it's organic. Jump in, give a listen, whether you're branded, you're non-branded, it doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you right now, we had an amazing conversation and talked about things that's going to change everyone's business in a way that they, they probably didn't think could happen before they listened to this podcast. Look forward to you listening in and have a good one. Hey Paul, so glad you're able to join us today. Really excited to talk with you and be joined by all the listeners. So if you want to take a moment, say hi to listeners.
1: Yeah, hey everybody. So glad to have you guys here.
0: Yeah, it is really great to have you. So, um, well, we're going to be talking about a pretty interesting subject today. And for anyone that's kind of curious why you should be listening, the thing you really want to focus on is we know there's been so many struggles in the paid media world, specifically with the I guess we don't know if it's gonna to continue to be Facebook, but what Mark Zuckerberg's new company will be called, <laughs> um, which will be dated by the time you hear this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but but we understand there's been a lot of challenges there. Unfortunately, you're a master in a traffic source that could really help people out in terms of you can't mm-hmm. get things to work anymore, your ROI is just in the pits. Well, you have a solution. I'm really excited right. to talk about that today. So with that, why don't you tell the people a little bit about about what we're gonna to discuss today.
1: Yeah, so I'm really excited to talk a little bit about organic traffic, the power of organic traffic, why it's kind of the unsung hero of marketing right now. Cause everybody's focused so much on, you know, paid media buys and paid, you know, paid advertising that they've kind of lost sight of something that's hanging out there, the low hanging fruit. But on top of that, if you are doing media buys, there's strategic things you can be doing from the organic side to really get traffic. We just recently used these methods to fill an entire event for a client. With very little ad spend, so you know there's opportunities that so many people that are doing media buys are just missing um, that boat, and they're a little frustrated now because their you know return on ad spend is just not where it used to be, and so we're here to help right that ship and fix that problem.
0: Yeah, that that's super exciting. I'm really excited to delve into that because honestly, like I'll I'll be straight with you when I hear organic, I kind of go normally because. It's like, it feels like you're just putting stuff out there and you know, I'm, I could get, I feel like I get as many eyeballs looking at my content if I just put a sign in front of my door sometimes, right? In terms of organic (laughs) content, you have to put so much out there. Do I have to hire like a a group of Russians in a building to type up all my organic content? It feels ambiguous sometimes or just not necessarily as fun or exciting as paid media. So when you hear people kind of say that or the trepidations about organic traffic, what's your response? Like, what do you kind of tell them?
1: Yeah, it's really not as complex. It's a matter of of creating a process or system. So my business partner, Shreya Banerjee, has this process background, and we've been able to implement that within our business and for our clients, where if you create anything like a system, just like if you're, you know, it takes effort to be successful at paid media and paid ads, right? You're having to check in, you're having to, you know, check in on your stats, you're having to optimize, you're having to tweak, you're having to look at landing pages. So there is a lot of effort. I think a lot of people just think, well, because the traffic's slower with organic that they don't necessarily you know, want to put in that effort. And so my argument there is that you're going to put in just as much effort on paid media. So you might as well put a little bit of effort into some organic uh, strategies. It's really just creating that process, you know, and it's a matter of, okay, how can you systematize it so that you can hire an outsourced team that can create the content you need or use the tools that you have access to? Um, you know, there's a lot of tools that, that allow people to, you know just talk like this and then you can transcribe that content you know you and i are both talkers right so if we can talk you can create an article from that content so if you're already talking to your audience you're already doing videos why not just transcribe that using a service like tammy.com or something like that and now you've got access to you know a full article that then you can start to put out on your website you can start to throw out on social media you can take snippets from that article throw that out on quote posts so there's a lot of different things you can use and you know so it, it seems complex right but it really isn't it's just a matter of having the right system and process in place
0: awesome well yeah let's talk about that in a little a yeah. little bit but i actually want to dial back a little bit, something you said that was really interesting yeah. to me. It's just that idea of just taking what you're already doing and cascading it out. So like you said, when we're talking here, um, which yes, you're right, I'm talking yeah. so it makes it things works so much perfect. easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but that transcribing with Tammy, what are some other common places or ways that you see people take something they're already doing, maybe if it isn't talking or isn't video content, and quickly turn that into organic content.
1: Yes there's a lot of things you can do, you know, as far as like you know, if you're doing you could do images you can use a tool like canva you can repurpose content i mean we're big on repurposing content that's really what it the name of the organic game is just repurposing content you already have so it could be you know taking quotes that you have you could pay somebody you know very minimal expense to just listen to let's say you do a podcast let's say you have a podcast let's say you have videos that are already out there pay somebody just to take sound bites from what you're saying and convert those into quote posts. Like that'd be a great way to repurpose content that you've already have out there and give you kind of a push out there um, from the organic game. So you can go out there, you know, pull those those things down. You can take articles you already have, have those converted into infographics. There's a lot of times where some people are writers, so they already have blog content. Well, take that content and repurpose it and we actually are, you know, did a course with ClickBank where we talk about how you can actually repurpose content that's actually, um, you know, for organic purposes. So let's say that you have an article and you need to add the rich media effect so that Google likes it more. Well, you can simply take bullet points from that article, put it into an infographic using any number of templates on Canva, and voila! Now you've got a content piece that can be shared. Now you can put that out on pin on
0: you know sites like Pinterest, Instagram, those kind of sites as well. That's awesome. It's just. It's about duplicating what you already have. I it feel is. like there's like yeah. a, an internet version of HGTV that should be about exactly that. Like yes. you, you two both come in and you're like, instead of fixing the house, you're like, we're gonna fix your content. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think
1: you're onto something right yeah. there. Yeah. So. yeah, I I, <laughs> yeah.
0: and five other people would watch that like really absolutely. You and, and five great. other people, perfect. We're <laughs> Done and done, we'll make it happen. Yeah, uh, that's it. So I, I mean, that is huge though. Lots of times you might be looking here and say, man, I don't wanna go through all that work, mm-hmm. but knowing that it's actually not that hard, just right. look at what you already have. And multiply it. You yeah, know.
1: absolutely. I mean, I'll give you another example. Is we've all seen this lately where people create TikToks. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, we've worked with lots, several clients of ours that are very successful on TikTok. And so what they're doing is you can take that same TikTok video and it's, it's sized perfectly for Instagram Reels. It can go up on Pinterest. It can go up on YouTube. I mean, you go down the YouTube shorts even. So you go down the list, one TikTok video can now be repurposed on three other platforms to get exposure. That's awesome. So it's really just a matter of, being consistent with it and and again it comes back to that process that you know my business partner Shreya Banerjee really is big on and that's having that process
0: focus. Yeah. Well let's talk about Treya's awesome process yeah. and, and kind of go through cuz I imagine you know it feels to me like a lot of organic content is I don't want to say grindy and similar to anything successful marketing it takes a bit of a grind but it sounds yeah. like that that's a big component. So walk me through I think some of the biggest mistakes people make in their process and where you guys tend to come in and correct them. I'd love to hear that.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, they make the mistake in their process where they're, um, you know, not necessarily, they don't map it out correctly. You know, they just try to just throw something against the wall and see if it sticks, you know? So one thing that we do with our clients is we create a team, we create a system where it's kind of, you know, it's almost like a checklist where it's like, okay, when this happens, then this next phase should kick in, you know? So if you're, reviewing your content well you should have a process for reviewing that content and have somebody in place that can do that if you're you know reviewing your article you're reviewing your social media post. well you should have a checklist of what to look for what kind of hashtags to look for what you should you be posting you know when you create a TikTok video should that video then be repurposed on what platforms and you know in what, what flow? So we do that a lot for our clients with marketing counts. And so we create processes. We build their marketing teams using a systematized approach so that it's easier so that when we walk away from the client, they have a well-oiled machine, a content machine, if you will. That's just churning and burning, you know, creating new content, and so it's no different than you know. I'm sure anybody doing paid media buys, you would have a process, right? You're going to go in and you're gonna look at this, you're going to tweak this, tweak that, look at this page, check, you know, these different landing pages. Same exact thing for organic.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to I want to dial back because we talked about the media yeah. buying and kind of blending those, so I think that's mm-hmm. a nice transition. But before that, this might be a little bit too deep. But yeah. I think one of the things that's interesting that you talk about process, right? Mm-hmm. Just you know, checklist, do this. like these aren't necessarily ideas that are groundbreaking that no one's ever heard that you should have a process, but boy, a lot of people don't do it as you've experienced with your clients and and even myself. So I'm just curious if you kind of explore that being that you have worked with so many people do that, like why is that? Why are so many entrepreneurs oftentimes and business owners and marketing teams and almost everybody missing or failing at the process point where where you guys are really able to succeed? I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are on that.
1: Yeah, I think, and I can speak to that easily because I was somebody that was failing on that part until I got partnered up with her. So um, that's, you know, the reason I speak to that is when we met up, she had a, she has a Six Sigma Black Belt, you know, certified in lean, right? So that's like for lean manufacturing and you bring that approach into marketing and all of a sudden now you've got you know, you're bringing the process side to marketing. And so like, one of the things that I learned is not, you know, as an entrepreneur, I was trying to do, you, you get in this mindset, like even as a solopreneur, like, oh, I can just do this myself, or I can do this, you know, I've been doing it this way for so long, I think we get stuck in our ways. And I think it's easy as entrepreneurs to get stuck in our habits, and just say, okay, I'm gonna, you know, I've been doing this this way for so long, so I'm going to continue to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what ends up happening a lot of times. And so, you know, that's what, you know, when we, it, it, very few people have that process approach. And so when you reference that HGTV show, I was like, yeah, that would be a great show because nobody is doing that, you know? So very few businesses, even large businesses, we work with publicly traded companies. We've worked with, you know, fortune 50 companies and you see their process and you're just like, what is going on here? And it's really just, oh, you have a bunch of units just throwing stuff against the wall until something sticks. And that works. I mean, that gets people by and it, it makes a, you know, it makes it work. But it's not the most efficient process either mm-hmm. and then your business owns you at that point
0: yeah yeah no that's a really i love it it really comes down to the idea of like sometimes the old adage if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah is is a trap in itself it especially is. if you don't have other people telling you like no no no, what you're doing is yeah. broken it is right. broken like let's, and i've been stuck that in fix. that trap myself
1: yeah. and then we started partnering up and it took a lot of effort from her to get me shifted in the right direction. But you know, once it, it started to make sense, because it's easy as entrepreneurs, like you said, to say it's not broken. I'm not going to fix it. I've had great success doing it this way. Um, but you have to have that open mind to go, okay, we can make this work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just I, I'm glad we had this conversation. I think sometimes I know we're going to be talking like this, very specific, but yeah. I think it's a really good lesson that for the entrepreneurs out there listening to this you should probably build a process, but a process to have other people besides yourself review what you're doing in your business. Mm -hmm. There's no part of your business you shouldn't have reviewed, whether it's a coach, whether it's an agency, whether it's a new hire, and inviting them to bring ideas to say, this doesn't seem to be the way, the best way to do things. I think that open mind and the realization that one, you only could see what you could see, you only know what you know, but boy, there's a lot of people that know more yes. um, in different areas. So just bring them in, let them review that process because what you think is working might be working as you can't see me do air quotes, yeah. <laughs> um, but but it could be working so much better. So um, yep. just kind of a plug for just in general, people to know as, as it was a huge impact for you bringing outside people, whether mm-hmm. it's a friend, whether it's your mom, it doesn't really matter. Right. I think sometimes there's huge value in explaining what you're doing. Um, I Actually, this is where sometimes kids can be really great, like teenagers and yeah. stuff like that, because they if they you try and explain a process, they have no social filter to like not ask something or point something out that seems right. really dumb. They're like, that seems really dumb. Why are you doing that? And I'm like, good point, teenager. Yeah. so, <laughs> I fear you around my lawn, but I like you around my business. So yes. those, are, those are important <laughs> things. So. Um, Oh, fantastic. So let's let's kind of transition to the other thing we were talking about, okay. which is we know that there's this paid media world out here. We know there's an organic world. Mm-hmm. Process feeds both of them. So we could tell people right now if they think it's so much harder to go organic, it's not, it might be a little bit slower, but right now nothing, which was probably what you're spending on Facebook or at yeah. least significantly less, right. um, is definitely better than, you know, it, or sorry, is worse than long-term or something that's going to take some time. So why don't you talk a little bit about blending those two together. How can you take this organic world and this paid world and just bring them together and a beautiful baby of um,
1: good ROI? <laughs> Love it. Yeah, no, I'm really glad you brought that up. So one of the ways you can do that, and I think it gets, you know, a lot of people when they're doing media buys, not everybody, but quite a few of them that we see. In fact, I mean, we're talking, you know, we worked with a publicly traded company that they were not even doing this, they're not building an email list. They're not building an asset with, the you know with the amount of money they're spending. So they're doing massive media buys. They're getting a lot of lot of traffic, but they're basically sending them to a landing page with a button to click, but no way to capture their information. And a lot of businesses are doing that. And so one of the ways we've you know taught our clients to blend and and it's it's amazing. Now sometimes more in the direct response world, like ClickBank world, a lot of people do build their email list, but you'd be shocked. I mean we just worked with a client on an event too and they weren't focusing on email as well. If very few people, I mean, there's a high percentage that's not leveraging email. So what we always teach people is if you want to drive that traffic, drive them to an offer where you're going to pick up your email address because at that point, now, whenever you send them emails, it doesn't cost you a click. It doesn't cost you anything because they're on your email list. You own those people. So you need to send them to a landing page. We have a the process that, that we've created. It's called the FTE formula, right? So it stands for foundation. Your foundation is your landing page. That's where you're going to have that and this is how it all ties together So you're going to have your foundation which is your landing page that's where you're going to capture those names and emails so that you have a way to follow back up with them then you have your traffic which is coming in and then you have your e which is engagement so the engagement is how you're going to follow back up via email you can also re you know retarget those users strategically and that allows you to keep that you know ad spend down but you're really getting a quality source of traffic because now they've said they've made a micro commitment to you they put in their name and email now you can follow back up with them in a creative way and so what we find is that when clients kind of put that formula together it works extremely well and it kind of makes it that wonderful baby of you know however you described it <laughs> it works really well but it's that it's that system it's that fte formula that if you do it the right way, you're going to have the ability to follow back up with your people for free. It's not going to cost you anything to send those emails out. And all of a sudden, your ad cost to get the same result is way, way down. And so I think a lot of people neglect the list building portion or the email. And it's because there's that big misnomer that email marketing is dead. And I always argue that with, well, what did you have to give Facebook, Pinterest, TikTok down the list to create your account? It's your email address. And if you look at your promos tab, Look at every store out there, Michaels, Best Buy, you know, Expedia, the list goes on, Amazon. They're blitzing you with email after email after email cuz it is by far the highest ROI of any channel out there still to this day and people just neglect that. So whether it's emails, whether it's capturing text message info, make sure you're capturing more than just a pixel. You know, I think so many people think, "Oh, I've got them on a pixel." But what happens if Facebook goes down for 2 days? You know, we we joked that Our client, none of our clients were impacted when Facebook went down for two, three days because we had, they had email list in place where we could still send traffic to their offers. We could still communicate with their following. We weren't reliant on Facebook and Instagram when they went down. And it's not saying we don't use them. We think they're powerful and amazing, but so many people put all their eggs into that basket and that's why they're seeing that struggle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's huge. And yes, the whole adage of email being dead is something that's echoed for Oh, at de- least a yeah. decade now. It has. Yeah, it's sad. yeah. It's always yeah. it's always dead. But they but, tell you
1: through an email. That's the best part.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and funny enough, we've actually seen a rise in younger generations, particularly yeah. with the <clears throat> morning newsletter emails. Mm-hmm. So, like th- those are gaining a lot of popularity in terms of I want distilled information and aggregated to get sent to me daily, all yeah. the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's incredibly powerful. I see huge content distributors doing daily emails. Right. And now, what I've noticed is there's banner ads on those daily emails. I'm like, boy, obviously if this is so dead, um, you wouldn't see large brands investing on putting banner ads on the New York Times like, daily email that gets sent out or, mm-hmm. you know, or Fox News daily, email. You know, just yeah. to make sure I cover all my bases. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, one, one thing too, I was kind of curious on, so you'd mentioned getting the email list. Have you guys seen any differences in terms of what information you capture? So for example, what if instead of email, I asked for a phone number, put them mm-hmm. on the SMS list, or maybe it's something where you're sending them to Facebook Messenger or something like that, maybe just different yeah. forms or, or optionality? Is that something you've seen be successful if maybe people don't want to always use email?
1: Right. If they don't want to use email, we've done the SMS route you know, for several of our clients and it works well. It's It's good. We prefer the email. So typically if you get them on the SMS, you want to push them to an opt-in to get their email. And the only reason is there's a lot of you know there's a lot of complications when you're doing sms you know i know there's certain platforms out there but what happens too is like if you get a bunch of international followers then you know your your costs can go up if the fcc changes their rules you're in a you know boil of hot water. It's it causes problems, right? So mm-hmm. I always like to try to push people to that email, no matter what. Even if you get them through the Facebook Messenger route, and then if you do the Facebook Messenger route where they message you, you're still tied. You know they're still tied to that. And there are so many rules that Facebook keeps changing there that you know you might be able to send a broadcast today, and then tomorrow you're not able to. You know, like they're going to change the rules on you, and they have regulations too. Like you can't send a promo within 24 hours of this promo, and like I mean. So to me, I like to have total control over what I'm doing. Mm-hmm.
0: No, that's a good point. Cause yeah, I, I didn't know all the rules in Facebook yeah. Messenger, but SMS, you're not sending every single day. If you send right. text message every single day, good luck keeping your, yeah. your phone number. Right? Exactly. Like, you're
1: going to get in trouble. Yeah. And it's not, and SMS is fantastic though. Mm-hmm. We get amazing open rates and oh, yeah. I mean, they have a better open rate than email. So yeah. I think SMS is fantastic. It's just, you're very limited too though. Like. And so that's why you need both, because let's say that you have an event coming up, you're promoting, or let's say that you have a three day sale that you're doing on some offer. Like you got an offer and it expires in 72 hours. That last day is always your best day for sales. Like you absolutely crush it. You know, we typically will see we just did a campaign with the client and majority was email. Yes, we leveraged organic social as well but you know it generated the bulk of the revenue about 70% of the revenue on that final day. You know, first two days it was funny the clients like, okay, this is okay, this is okay. I was like, just watch, just watch, trust the process, you know. That's what we always tell people a lot of times, trust the process. <laughs> and too many people pull out of the process before they let it fully take, you know, finally, you know, come to fruition. So You know, that last day all of a sudden, bam, you know, it just blew up. But that was because we could send three different emails, you know, and and we also weren't sending to everybody. That last email sent the most sales, but it just went to the unopens from the previous day. So it's not like we just blitzed everybody that had already seen it. Hey, if they never opened the email, the trick that I always do, change the subject line. Mm -hmm. Change the subject line, use the same email. Don't rewrite the email again. And typically that last day, I used the same email three different times. Absolutely crushed it. Just change the subject line a little bit. And you know it makes a huge difference and so those are things that if you had an email list you can do if you're just focusing on text messages you're crap out of luck you yeah. know if you end up um doing um you know you're just out of luck yeah. so that's why and same with some you know if you're doing messenger their rules come in.
0: Okay, I sent my one promo message for the day, so now I don't want to get slapped by Facebook. So yeah, no, no, you make a great point. But yeah. a lot of that one is is one. Obviously, your Joel Embiid quote of trusting the process yes. is super important, right? Um, so, uh, but but the big side to that too, I think, is what I'm really getting at. This is a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. Organic works best because it provides such a high level of diversity in your yes. traffic and your engagement sources right. and and you own these pieces, but then you're putting good stuff out there. So um, what I wanna now kind of circle back to in terms of, we talked about, hey, I'm gonna take paid media, and then I'm gonna drive that to, you know, some sort of landing page, get their email, or get some sort of contact information to market from there, right? So let's uh, also talk about when we're on the platform. So Mm -hmm. I'm buying Facebook ads, but I also have a Facebook fan page, view page, whatever. Um, How do you use that and maybe even say like boosting Post boosting content, like how do you use your content there to work in conjunction with what you're doing from paid media?
1: Yeah. So like to kind of make them, yeah, make them work together. So boosted posts don't necessarily get the best reach. Um, They do on Instagram. They actually do a pretty good job of getting you additional exposure. Facebook pages, they've kind of been, eh, you know, when you do the boosted posts. So we don't usually do those ones but you can actually send people. So Facebook will reward you for keeping them in their community. So you could actually run ads straight to your Facebook content and sometimes see a lot lower cost per click there. And then inside your content piece, you have a a CTA to some offer that you have. So there's some creative things you could do that way. And um, you know, but boosting posts on Instagram, it's worked very well. And it gives us a lot more reach, a lot more exposure. And like I said, the boosted posts on Facebook, not so much, but yeah, get creative on it and explore those things. This is one of those, as anybody knows with paid ads, it's a testing game, right? And so these are some of the things that worked with us and our clients, but you know, it depends on what you're doing.
0: Well, talk a little bit more about the, the Instagram post that maybe if you could share a story, yeah. an example of one that you did that was very successful. And especially if you highlight, like, how do you know when to boost a post, like which was the one that I should do? Is it the funny cat picture? Is yeah. It, is my inspirational quote that made my mom cry? Like which one do I need to, to both uh, post, which yeah. probably has a lot to do with the offer, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So it really depends on what you're promoting at the time. Like we just had one that did extremely well for it. it was for a grand opening of, of a physical store, you know, that we were trying to do. And we needed to get a lot more eyeballs on it, a lot more traction within a certain location around a certain time. So ran that campaign ended up you know quadrupling the the reach that we already had from the organic social, getting it out there to a lot more people then ended up having a very successful event it just happened a couple of days ago. And it was just knowing that, hey, this was, you know, what we were boosting was time sensitive. So we had to get that boost out, make sure we had the eyeballs and ran the campaign correctly. The other thing to look at is Instagram will tell you, hey, you should consider boosting this post because it's performing better than 95% of your other post in the last you know, seven to 14 days. That typically is a good indicator. And that's what I recommend to people is that use Instagram as your guide. So when you're logged into your Instagram account, they'll actually tell you, they almost give you a guide like boost this post. And you know that means, hey, my audience is interacting with it more. They're engaging with it more. So there must be something good with this post. So let's boost it out there and try to gain a little more reach you know, outside of the, just my, our own following. Mm-hmm. And so that would typically be the way that I, we go from, it's like, let Instagram be your guide.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before I make a joke on Instagram, be your guide cause that yeah. sounds like a t-shirt for sure. It like really there's does a slogan on someone's <laughs> cup that'll be on Instagram one day. Um, so. <laughs> So um, the next thing I want to talk about, though, is actually more we've done a lot about, okay, hey, if I have an audience, if I have a following, I'm I'm gauging so on and so forth. What if you are we have a lot of people in our network They're I like to call them kind of more marketing mercenaries. So Mm -hmm. they're they're brand agnostic. I'm offer focused, I'm gonna create an offer. When that offer stops working, I'm gonna bail and create a new offer. It might have a new company name, it'll have a new personality. You know, Things are, are you know agile, it's lean. I yep. don't necessarily want a brand. So oftentimes, organic channels for those people, they feel like it's not viable to them. But you told me before, that's not the case. And I was surprised because I was like, I felt like I wouldn't be yeah. able to use that. So I'm really curious to hear how you talk to those people and how organic can work for somebody that otherwise isn't using a lot of branding.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say for them, the ones that aren't using branding, you don't have to necessarily be using branding to make the FTE formula work, right? So, you know, when you focus on that FTE, the foundation traffic engagement, the reason the FTE works so well is because we focus on that foundation. So it's like, get your stuff settled, like make sure your offer is going to convert, make sure your landing page converts. Because in college, what they teach people is they teach people the T, they teach people traffic. And then they're like we'll just send a bunch of traffic to a to what to an offer to a landing page that's not going to convert so like if you're doing if you're just offer agnostic just focusing on one offer then you should be sending trap traffic to a page that you know is going to convert but also that you can build a small asset around now even though they might jump from offer to offer niche to niche if you're building that email list you're going to be able to send emails and actually make a lot more sales and you have something that you could sell you have an asset that you could sell later or here's the other thing people miss out on is when you build an email list, you can also upload that email list as more of a lookalike audience of people that opted in. And the other thing that happens is a lot of people freaked out about the big iOS update that came out, that came about. And you know, one of the 14 or 15, the 14, 15, both people lost their mind on both. So
0: they did (laughs) indeed.
1: And you didn't see us stress once about it. Shrey and I were talking about it amongst ourselves and like, we were joking about like how that really meant nothing to us or our clients. It did not make a single bit of impact because at the end of the day, I think people get too focused on the complex. They get too focused on, they they almost like this, like I've been in this for over 20 years, right? I've been, I've been around for a long time in the marketing space. And so I've been following the same process is the same, same flow for years. And it works for a certain reason because I don't, you know, I don't need all the fancy new, you know, how do you track this? How do you track that to work? All I need care about are the two most important things, leads and sales. That's it. I don't care about anything else everybody else gets all caught up in the numbers the big fancy spreadsheets the big like this is my number this is this this is that at the end of the day it comes down to leads and sales and so if you want to track those things forget facebook forget all those things all you need to do is create a separate landing page for whatever traffic source you're sending how many opt-ins did i get how many sales did i get from this one offer and there's your answer you don't need to go through all their fancy little checks and balances and look at all their data like that just overcomplicates things, and so what I'm getting at here for those you know that are offer agnostic is like if you're building your list, and let's say Facebook throws an iOS update at you or something, you're still gonna have to contend with those things. So just build your own email list. Now you've got an asset that A you could sell or B you could use for something else later on. Maybe it's a similar niche. Maybe the most important part that I think people miss out on is that when they're done with that offer, they could find another offer. Like if you're building your list, and let's say the um, let's say the golf niche market and all of a sudden the one offer you're promoting or the two offers you're promoting quit working. Well, now you've got an email list of let's say 10,000 people that you've built up. Like now you can send them another golf offer. You could say, okay, people that like golf also maybe are struggling with their relationship cause they golf too much. So let's send <laughs> them that <laughs> offer, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's things you can do with those different lists, you mm-hmm. know? So I always just encourage people, Hey, if you're op- even if you're offer agnostic, build that email list, focus on the FTE.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Or email again, as we, we said, it is not dead. It's, it's not still dead. viable. Yeah, it'll be viable until I guess people stop using email, which will probably never happen. Yeah, yeah. I think I'll die before that happens. It'll yeah. be something else. Like it's I just don't know, changed how you email. access it. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's gonna you know, we get them on our phones now. I mean, it's yeah, you know, it just happens that way. Yeah.
0: So, um, one of the things that I think uh, is sometimes interesting, or some people might want to know, is how if how do you create organic content or use say I've created a nice big page or I have a Facebook following. So how do I use that to then sell organically to those social audiences Is there specific tactics or the things that you guys have used, um, in your businesses, business or consulting with others that works very effectively when you have an organic group of people that have followed you for free, or maybe they, they found your content cause you, you know, paid an ad to go to their content where it might be. But right now we want to sell to that group of people. Are, are there some effective strategies of doing that?
1: Yeah, some of the most effective things is just, you know, making sure you're engaging with them on a consistent basis. Like any kind of marketing, whether especially in the organic side, consistency counts, consistency is key. See what I did there? Consistency yeah, counts. Yeah. So it is so critical. Like the name of the game is, is truly about, you know, being out there in front of them because it's just like when we tell people about email marketing, we tell people about organic social. If you don't post for a week, they're going to forget about you. There's so much noise out there that you need to be relevant. So before you you get your offer ready to go, make sure that you're being consistent about when you're posting and how often you're posting and make sure you're providing stuff of value. You could even tease it out there. Um, tease your offer. That's one of the best things that works well is kind of teasing, hey, we've got an announcement coming or we're about to drop something you know, that's pretty awesome. So like just kind of tease it out and that works really well. So just posting, you know, like we had a big announcement for one of our upcoming events. So we spent three days leading up to it talking about, hey, this is coming. We're going to be doing this announcement. You tease out a video about what's about to drop. And then all of a sudden that final day, they're kind of ready. They're already kind of engaged. they are going, okay, what's going to happen? And those that never even saw that other post for whatever reason, now they're going to see the offer drop. So you kind of need to tease it out. you know, just be consistent leading up to it, but then be strategic when you're doing your post. So do tease the offer out, tease it out, maybe tease a snippet of information out. Maybe it's, you know, you take a snippet from the, the course, let's say you're selling a course, you would take a snippet from the video and tease that out there as content. And then, you know, gradually get them ready to go, just like you would, if you're doing an email sequence, you know, to get them built up for that. Or, you know, if you're going to try to run an ad campaign, that's going to, be sequential. Those are harder to do. So it's easier to have your own built-in following like, and that's why organic wins big because when you have your own following, you can do things like tease them out on Facebook or Instagram or your email or text message list to get them ready to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if anyone's like, I don't know if that's a great strategy. I look no further than, um, Fortnite. If you want to see people that get people freaking out, like I've had my kids like, tell me, Listen, Dad. I know you want to do things on Saturday, but I need to be here because Fortnite's gonna announce something, right? And they're giving <laughs> like a weeks ahead of time, and reminding me every single day. And you know, it, again, they're doing that a tease, which directly yep. ties to monetization. They do some other event, and then you have to buy a bunch of stuff around that event. And I was like, gosh, dang it! Like, here, take all my money, Fortnite. And <laughs> and obviously, they're doing pretty well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that tease is huge. Now, do you find that there's a, a a consistent recipe you use, or is it more gonna be? what your audience responds to. And what I mean by that is in terms of first day, it's just a post second day. I do a graphic third day. I do the video. Is it, is it kind of like formulaic a process would have? You? Yeah. Okay.
1: That one's not totally a process because that really with marketing or anything that you're doing, you need to, you need to, you know, kind of test the waters. You need to see how it's going. You know, it's every offer is going to be different. Every promotion you do is going to be different and you need to be ready to pivot and change. So processes are fantastic and they're amazing. And and we, we preach them and teach them, but there's also points where you need to be willing to pivot a little bit and step outside of that process in order to see that success. So like one of the things that, you know, we really focus on it, it comes down to a feeling, you know, that, Okay, this is what has been working for us over the last week. Because if you went and just did like, okay, I'm gonna do a post, then I'm gonna do a graphic, then I'm gonna do a video. If you did that every single time, a people might get blind to it, or b you're just gonna like, you know, it's it you're not gonna be ready to change if like let's say that videos have been just hot for you for the previous week, two weeks, you know, and those algorithms change. Very frequently at Facebook, as we all know. So, you need to be willing and ready to make those adjustments as needed.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, great advice. So, yeah. you know, process is great until you get into marketing. Yes. And, you know, marketing is magic, and magic is it a creative is. space where you have mm-hmm. to use instinct and flow and test right. and try and fail over and over and over. Again. Yes. So, which is why it's to, yeah. so much fun. So, exactly. It's the only time in life that people are like, please be a failure. Because all your failures hopefully will lead to a success. That's exactly Hope. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope is good thing. But dealer. if you listen to the podcast and you learn some great things today, that that Paul consistency counts. Yes, that's your new nickname. I... Paul consistency counts. Um, <laughs> I um, like I was it. talking about. You'll be much better served to be able to do that. So just kind of recap. Really appreciate your time, Paul. But, Thank you. Um, you know, we we really covered a lot of ground in terms of how organic content and really going organic as a channel is going to transform your business into having something that's consistent and also it's not gonna be subject to the ebbs and flows of markets and things like that. So hugely beneficial, whether that's in a social medium, whether it's an email, really you just wanna find these assets in places where you could take that content, own it, keep it, and keep those customers, as well as if you're looking to find a way to create organic content, look what you have and just duplicate it, expand it, take something and make it into five different things. So it's like reverse Lego engineering, right? So. You know, very, very, that, that's huge. And that could take something that feels complex for you and makes it much more simple. Yes. All that being said, I'm sure people are listening to this thinking, man, I really need to get organic going, but they might think, gosh, can I just maybe have Paul do it for me? Or <laughs> is there somebody else that could just do this so yeah. I could do it faster and quicker? So if people are interested, and they want to talk to you, knowing you have an agency, how could they get a hold of you as well as just for people that really like this stuff, um, I understand you have a free gift for do. people if they, if they want to do a pretty easy commitment. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes, we have an offer. It's 26 keys to email success. So it's really going to teach you A to Z of email marketing, really 26 key points um, from A to Z on how to be more effective with email. And you can go to marketingcounts.com forward slash email and that will give you access to that report. And then from there, you'll be able to get access to us if you're interested in coaching, consulting. Um, we work a lot with clients on a coaching basis. So um, we we serve with some clients as fractional CMOs where we run their entire marketing team, but others we work just on a coaching consulting basis. Uh, but yeah, that, that would be the way to go, marketingcounts.com forward slash email.
0: Perfect. And just remember guys that we talked earlier how as much as you think you might know right yeah. now, even at a, sl- a base level, talking to an expert or anybody you could bring on the Mm -hmm. outside might really reveal blind spots in your business you don't know so it you are doing yourselves a disservice if you don't talk to someone like paul and his agency just at a bare minimum just to look at your processes and and make sure that they're the best they can be especially if you want to improve your organic traffic so again paul consistency counts yes so great talking to you today really enjoy it hope you enjoy the rest of your time in boise Thank and everyone out there be sure to rate subscribe review the podcast And also we'll make sure the link that Paul talked about. So you get that amazing, really, really cool is 26. Yeah. 26 26 email tips. Yeah. Yeah, 26 email tips. We'll put that in the show notes or in the description. So you can click there and get to it even easier um, than listening. If you listen like me. Perfect. Um, And and of course, also leave comments. If anything that we need, what you'd like us to cover more and talk about more, Um, we'll keep providing great content and hopefully providing you more ways to make more money. Have a good one out there. All
1: right. Thank you. (laughs)